Season three of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I am your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Socio by Stone Sour. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Ryan Phillips. So, Ryan, or Philly as he's known to some, was Burlington High School's first state champion when he finished on top in 2002 at 215 pounds. So, Ryan took his talents to Warburg and spent four years there before transferring to Upper Iowa, where he finally won a national title. He was subsequently inducted into the Upper Iowa Hall of Fame in 2018. So Ryan has had coaching stints at Upper Iowa, Labette Community College in Kansas, West Burlington, Notre Dame, Sea Rapids, Jefferson, and now with Marion High School. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Ryan Phillips. What should we talk about, Ryan? I don't know, man. I, uh, a lot of stuff, maybe. I don't know. I, I've kind of been – I've just been kind of uh, out of the loop. You know, I don't know much. Even though I help out at Marion High School now, I, I don't really know much about high school. I don't know much about wrestling. I try and stay in tune with Upper Iowa Wrestling and Division mm-hmm. Two. Um, and I don't know much what's going on in Division Three. You know, I – I like to watch dual meets when they're on TV. The, I have ESPN Plus. So I get all these off-market dual meets, so I like watching those. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Hawks. I don't know what's going on with Iowa. I probably know a little bit more about Iowa State, but uh, just kind of out of the loop. And but uh, yeah, Marion's kind of. I kind of kind of say that I'm just the guy that comes in late because I I'm. 20 minutes late every day because I have to drive from Cedar Rapids to Marion and coach mm-hmm. Hag, Jason Hag has, has been real flexible and it's nice to be wanted over there. So it's, it, it's a good deal. Yeah. And, and I can see why you're wanted. I mean, uh, just sort of going back and, you know, you were a little bit before my time, but uh, you know, I, it speaks when you're a little bit like early two thousands in that range, you know, and you're able to find, people by looking them up like that's how you know they were pretty successful you know and it was pretty pretty simple to be honest to look back and see follow your career which again makes it you know shows how successful you were you know do you look back on your career and go wow I I did some good things I did some pretty good things some pretty special things yeah man I uh you get reminders of it uh your life goes yeah. on, you know, you, you, you go to high school and, and you win, you go undefeated, win a state championship, and then it means nothing in, in college. And uh, everyone out again, you might see a, a, a newspaper article from the Hawkeye in Burlington written by Matt Levins. Um, 
uh, you may know that guy or not, um, but uh, he, but and then, you know, go to college and then you kind of work your, work your way up and then you win nationals and then you kind of go to work and, and you kind of relive those days. And so I just been kind of working. And then all of a sudden I saw that someone said, Hey, the, the pin doctor Swafford posted something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm, I don't have social media. So I'm like, like I told my wife, give me, give me that. Let me, let me look at these comments and let me see who's <laughs> engaging on this. And so it was always good to, um, uh, to have people talk about wrestling, but I think the most gratifying part would be to the people that I've coached that were co- commenting on there. Mm-hmm. Um, just to know that I've, I had an, a positive impact and to know that, you know, giving back is worthwhile you know, um, uh, someone spent time with me and I spent time with them. And it's just good to have someone say, uh, some nice things about what you did when you were younger coaching college or things like that. So, um, I think that's more gratifying mm-hmm. uh, to know that you've in- impacted people that who are adults now, you know, and they have children. So, uh, I think that's pretty gratifying myself, but it's always good to relive those glory days. Swafford's really good at that, man. He, yeah. he'll, he'll post that stuff and, and that silly picture, you know, of me on the stand and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking straight up because Chris McDonald was so dang tall. And I was like, I got to get taller than that guy as much as I could. And, and so that's why I look like I was looking at the ceiling because, because he was like taller than me on the stand. <laughs> So that's why that picture is so kind of goofy, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Now Swafford, uh, you know, he was one of those guys actually when I was, cause I started in eighth grade, he was, and then I was in high school, JV for my freshman year. And I, he, him and his brother uh, were just like, man, I'm like, man, I want to be like those guys. Uh, and so we, we competed every year against each other, the highway 61 battle right up the road and, and so that's kind of a, those dudes that are around Southeast Iowa that I wanted to be like. And I'm glad to say that, I, you know, hopefully I lived up to it and was one of those guys. But, uh, yeah, Swafford does a good job bringing back the glory days. And mm-hmm. my, my, my wife or my brother or my mother posted, they're like, hey, check this out. And they'll send me a link or send me the screenshot, stuff like that. So it's good to stay engaged a little bit. Yeah, the, you know, even though our, our paths cross for just a brief time at upper Iowa. Um, I remember, you know, what stuck out to me was we would run to the golf course and back. And, um, you said, you know what, I don't care how long it is. I don't care how far we're running. I'm going to continue running and I'm always going to continue to running until we're done. Like, I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue. You will always see that I will be continuously running and, and I don't know, that just kind of stuck with me. Like, it, it doesn't matter how far, it doesn't matter what the task is. You're always going to continue to push until you're done, you know, and give your max effort. And even if you're running at so-called a snail's pace, it doesn't matter. You're still going to be running, you know, and that, I don't know, that always stuck with me. Sounds something smaller. So I don't know, but it just, uh, that's one thing I remember. You're right. And the reason why I, I, I would say that is because I used to be, I used to be the guy that would, that would want to stop and catch my breath. But I'm like, if I can just move 
and but not stop. Just keep moving, keep moving forward. Because I I was a big guy. I was heavier. I, I wasn't as fast. I couldn't do long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just I think that was a message that I could send to guys who maybe weren't there yet. Like you don't have to you don't have to stop. Just keep going a little bit. Even like you said, even if it's a snail's pace, even on those longer runs, uh, as long as or even skipping or shuffling, just something to to kind of keep your body moving. And I've kind of always adopted that. And I kind of learned that when I was in high school, we would run in the morning around the pool with uh, Mike Richard. Uh, he was the head coach at Burlington at the time. And right now he's helping out at New London. And, uh, you know, they've had some really good guys come through the last couple of years and they've had some really good squads. And he, he would, I could see this guy who was, I think at the time, maybe 45 and we were running around the circle with Philip Cleese and, my brother and rally ball and, and he just would not stop. He wouldn't go very fast, but he would just keep going. And that's kind of where I adopted that. Like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not the fastest or I can run the furthest, but I'm, I'm going to keep going not stop. And that's kind of where I got that mentality. It's just, you know, being a heavier guy and uh, trying to push yourself, even if it's just a little bit at a time, you know, it pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I saw a story speaking of Swafford, um, that one of the articles that you, um, he did about you, I think you, it was like a questionnaire that you filled out. Um, and one of the things was about coach Mike Richard, um, and how nobody wanted to be his practice partner because he was maybe not necessarily his practice partner, but nobody wanted to volunteer to have him show technique because he was, uh, tough. <laughs> so. yeah, I, I think everybody who's been in a been a program has had the coach to where he does when he does when he does things he, he they do it real hard you know especially <laughs> if it's something to have to do with something locked up or or something with a head pull or, or a head snap or a club he uh he didn't want to he didn't want to get involved with that so um he, he rattled your cage so like mike richard was definitely one of those guys he was a hammer he would he would he'd be the guy to go to the weight room wouldn't warm up he'd throw two uh 225 on the bar and just do like 10, 15 reps, stand around, do it again. He just, he just had some outrageous strength. And so you were like the sacrificial lamb if it was your turn to go out there. So uh, the other story I saw on that same note, um, you just mentioned a guy by the name of Riley Ball. Um, Riley Ball apparently sucked on a lemon drop until his mouth bled. I remember that. I remember that. So it was, he was, I forget how much he was over, but. Okay. So it was uh, a we were going up to North Scott, I believe North Scott. And was there North Scott or assumption? I believe it was North Scott. Cause I think I had to rush Sean Stender. Sean Stender was a D one runner up at um, Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I got to wrestle him a couple of times, but anyways, yeah, Riley was over and he just had these lemon drops and he was, just sucking on him, sucking on him. And then by the time school's over, on the way up, his mouth was bleeding. And that poor kid, man, he got up there, made weight, and he, he then he got his butt kicked. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's just like I've never seen anything like that happen before. And just knowing that even though he may not have confidence in his, in his I mean, he may, he may have not had the confidence of that match. He knew that he had a job to do. And he made weight. It was for the team. It was for himself, probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's a true story. He was sucking on that thing all day long. I, mean, I remember his mouth was bleeding. Yeah. So yeah, that's a crazy story. That's true. 
Was it just one lemon drop, or did he have like? Did he was he sucking on multiple throughout the day? Yeah, he, he had a box. He had a box of them. He 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 had a box or a bag. I don't know, but it just it was nonstop, nonstop. Um, you know, you you also mentioned just now or a little little bit ago that you were JV your freshman year, and you didn't go out until eighth grade. Um, you actually went to practice in seventh grade once, but you were late. Is that how it went? And then... I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we were picking up my brother. Or I, I don't know. I forget the circumstances, but the club was going on. And I was in seventh grade, and I went up there, and I was late. And they were doing up-downs and stair laps, you know, the stairs. They called them yeah. stairs. So they go up the stairs, run, run straight down the stairs, down the hallway, back up, just doing laps. I'm sure you've done something like that. Or most yeah. wrestlers have done something like that throughout their careers. And and I'm like, this is wrestling. I'm like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and I didn't come back. I didn't come back till my eighth grade year. And I kind of knew what to expect. And uh, Rally Ball was a teammate at Horseman Middle School. And uh, and then so we would. I knew what to expect. I didn't do the club per se, but I did middle school. But when I went through the middle school program, when that was done, I went to the high school practices after that. And uh, I don't know if that was legal or not back then, but um, I was allowed to wrestle guys like, uh, I forget their names, like their Matt Hartman and Ben Good and uh, just some other guys that were on the JV team. And uh, it, it was a good experience that they, they let me, allow me to go in there and continue to wrestle after the, my uh, eighth grade year was over. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how that, then, J, then JV my freshman year. Wow. Yeah. So you went from JV your freshman year to making the state tournament as a sophomore. Yeah. I wrestled 189 pounds. Yeah. Um, 189 pounds. Actually, you know, I was undefeated my freshman year. I was one and oh on varsity. I got one All match right. against, okay. against Fairfield. So I was undefeated. <laughs> um, and I, I think the one thing before I even talk about going to the state tournament is Mike Richard is he was, he, we didn't wrestle a lot of live, but we wrestled, but we did, drill 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 technique 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 and i just and i was learning and so i learned as much as i could and drilled as much as i could and i think having a coach like that that was kind of a, a technician really helped me figure it out early and you know 129 matches as a sophomore qualified you know i had i had no idea what the heck you know top two i didn't know what the team scores how that how that operated and I was just still learning how the, the ins and outs of the sport. And the next thing you know, I'm seated second at, at uh, districts, you know, with Iowa city high, Iowa city West, and, and then had to beat guy from a time to go. And, and so it was, yeah, that's where it started, man. Yeah. Sophomore year. It was just crazy. Eighth grade to qualify as a sophomore. Was, do you think being a little naive and a little new to the sport was like a benefit? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just found a couple things I was good at. Just, you know, I knew I could, I knew I could stand up and get away. Um, I had one turn I was pretty good at and a couple takedowns and I started building off that. And, um, but a crazy story to even before that is uh, during district, no, no, the night before districts, my sophomore year is that I boot, I hurt my leg. I, I tore my meniscus. I know people are like, oh, it's just a meniscus. But, you know, it was fresh. 
And so it was very sore. It was swollen. I had a couple of knee pads on that day. Um, but uh, there's no doubt that kids battle through way much more. But it was it was still painful. I was still new to sports. It was a new feeling. And I was still able to qualify. And so I felt that I was, you know, maybe tougher than I thought I was. So I kind of surprised myself. That's crazy. I mean, I know you can say it now looking back that, oh, it's not a big deal. But like when you're a 15 or 16 year old kid and you never really had been hurt before and now you're tear of meniscus and now you're expected to go wrestle like that's I, I feel like at that point, sometimes you're still figuring out how to be tough. You know, mm -hmm. you're still young yet. You haven't faced a whole lot of adversity. And so that's yeah. I mean, obviously, looking back, you can be like, oh, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. But. When you're 16, that's, that's, that's a different kind of tough. Yeah. I, I think what really helped out is I had some support too. I had support. I think there was no doubt in my mind that, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know what a meniscus was. Didn't, I just <laughs> knew that my leg hurt and mm -hmm. I couldn't bend it. I couldn't bend it very well. It took me a while to get it warmed up. And so my mom really helped me out. She, I forget where she went, but she went and got a little neoprene sleeve and then we put a, a big, thick volleyball pad. Back then it was volleyball pads, volleyball pad mm -hmm. over top. She went to Max Sporting Goods, I think, maybe. And, and uh, you know, she helped me out quite a bit through that. And, uh, you know, with the resources of covering my leg up. But, uh, um, yeah. Uh, and so when things do happen to kids, and I hate always referring back to my personal experiences, but I mean, those are the ones, you know, the best, right. And so mm -hmm. whenever things happen to kids, you know, you always want to give them an example of like, this, this can be done. This, you can mm -hmm. do this. And, you know, so I try to think of examples of other kids throughout my, throughout my experience, but sometimes you're left with your own, your own mm -hmm. personal experience. But uh, yeah, sophomore year, man, it was just kind of like a rude awakening. Welcome to wrestling. Yeah. And when did it start to click for you? You know, you sort of were still figuring it out. It sounds like your sophomore year, you were, you made it to state and you were like, okay, what's this whole state thing about maybe. And then all of a sudden, two years later, you know, you're going off and wrestling in college. So I'm just wondering where that switch flip there. Well, I, I made a big jump. I made a big jump from freshman to sophomore year. Um, and I found a way to just kind of, to not get nervous and not put too much pressure on myself. I'm like, just, just wrestle, do your best. And then I made another jump from sophomore to junior. Didn't go, didn't go to camps, didn't really wrestle in the summer, but I think uh, my brain really matured. Mm -hmm. uh, my brain real matured, really matured probably more so than my body at the time. And uh, I figured it out. I went, you know, I think I started off like 14 or 12 and 0 or something like that. And, got athlete of the week, some cool stuff back mm -hmm. home, you know, but, uh, I think, uh, I wasn't really battle tested per se. I think my, my, uh, my junior year, you know, I wrestled, I remember being the number one guy, Drew Schmidt from assumption. Like I didn't know what the heck rankings were or anything like that. I had no clue what these things were. Um, but then the, the paper guy would come up to me and say, Hey, do you know who you beat? I'm like, I don't know. That was Drew Schmidt. You know, you won the duel mate. He was ranked number one in two A. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know this stuff. So I just, like you said, maybe being naive helped me, but I think technically wise and just knowing how much stronger and more technical 
technically wise, you got to be to make that jump. I made that jump, but I didn't make, I got exposed. Uh, you know, I, I won a bunch of tournaments, uh, won districts, and then I go to state and I get a quick pin. Then I run into a guy named Ryan Groom from Oskaloosa. And he ended up getting second that year, but you know, you get, you get exposed. I got exposed. He rode his, he rode my, he rode legs and, and he's on my head, power, leg in, power half, leg in, power half. And so I got rode out and I lost to him. And then I ended up years later, I was coaching college and he was wrestling for William Penn, you know, in his, I think it was late, late twenties or lower thirties. Like he came back and wrestled, lost a bunch of weight. Well, he wrestled heavyweight and then he lost a bunch of weight and he was coaching college. So wrestling such a small world, but then you, then you get exposed. You know, I was raid fourth or third or fifth. I'm not sure, but didn't place. Um, I remember I lost to a kid that was before they, it was top six. And so I, I won and I had to win two more to place. And I lost to this guy named De Decker from Urbandale, a guy that I don't think didn't place. And I won, I won the Urbandale tournament. I forget what it's called now, but, uh, yeah, and then I just I just figured I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet, and I was so mad. I'm like, what do I got to do? And then I just kind of put my head down and kept working, kept working, went to a couple camps and, um, you know, still played other sports as well. But, uh, yeah, that junior year, I felt like I was really invincible until the end there where I got exposed. And uh, I guess I, I really wasn't as prepared as I thought I was, you know, with some mm -hmm. skill-wise, so – yeah, you did other sports, um, baseball. I didn't know you were such a big baseball fan. It's my it's my favorite sport. You know, I could I could watch 162 Cubs games if I if I if, if I could, but I don't know. I mean, it's fun, right? It's a game. It's fun. You know, bongo, taking fly balls, getting a cage. Mm -hmm. You know, looking looking back, going one, chattering. You know, having fun at practice, throwing off the mat. That stuff's fun. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wasn't very good at it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very good at it. No, I wasn't very good at it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like playing baseball in the summertime, playing football in the wintertime or in the, or in the fall, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, definitely. I, remember, I I didn't want to do anything in the spring because I, I wanted to hit the weights. But mm -hmm. uh, I, had a, I had a coach. He's like, you got to go out for track. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to go out for track. Uh, and he's like, well, you could, you, you might not start that next year. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that coach. Um, but, uh, I don't, I, I remember I had to let the coach down cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to throw, I didn't want to do discus. I just want to hit the weights. And, mm -hmm. but, uh, I was, I was doing something at least all year. You know, if I wasn't lifting, I was playing football. If I wasn't playing football, I was playing baseball. So I was always trying to stay active and, um, Definitely, it came together that senior year. Yeah, well, did you almost think about playing football at the next level? I mean, I, you were, what, second-team All-State defensive lineman? I was – I was well, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, but I think the thing that I'm probably most proud of football-wise was um, I was first-team all-conference in the MAC, offense and defense, and there was only one other guy in, in, the, in the conference – you know, and that, that's with like Bedworth, Assumption, uh, North Scott, you know, really good yeah. teams. Mus Muscatine, they're the one that beat us. But uh, I think his name was Zach Gableman. Zach Gableman, I think he ended up playing for the Hawks. But yeah, it was him and me were the only two individuals that were first team both ways. 
And so I kind of felt more pride in that than that second mm-hmm. team award. You know, I got to play in the Shrine Bowl. That was kind of a, a unique experience. Yeah. Uh, to tell you the truth, I didn't really think it thought it was the most valuable experience at first. Because all we're doing is practicing. I'm like, like, like what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Until we went, I actually went up to the hospital uh, up there and saw kids that were six, seven, eight years old. And they're missing hands and fingers. You know, they're all bandaged up and they have smiles on their faces. Like, who, like, who are these kids? And so the Shrine Bowl, even though I, 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 it kind of felt like a waste of time until we went up to the hospital. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, so I think that was kind of an eye-opening experience as well. So, yeah, I, I did feel like I would, would be a football player, but I just wasn't very tall. I was 5'11 as a lineman. Uh, I didn't have a lot of weight on me. Uh, or height and I just didn't feel like I had that capability even though I thought it, I wanted to I just mm-hmm. didn't think I, I would have that the natural intangibles for a football player so yeah you know um, one thing I forgot to ask about when you were a freshman so you were JV but you were JV behind your brother right yeah my brother was a 189 pounder and I w- he was the varsity guy and I was the JV 189 pounder yep did you wrestle off? Like how how did that work? That had to be no no. He was just a guy. Yeah. He was actually that. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't in one group of three with him. Wasn't in one. Not one time drilled with him. Not one time. So mm-hmm. we just. I mean, we actually had really good numbers. Um, we were JV conference champs as a freshman. A lot of those kids didn't go out after that, but uh, we were really proud of that as freshmen, and so. Uh, the, the varsity was really good too. They had seven qualifiers that year, and uh, it was very it, it was it was a fun year to be part of the Burlington wrestling program. So JV was good. The varsity was a really good dual team and tournament team, and uh, uh, so no, we just we were never we never grappled at all at practice. So, huh? Was that by design, like, or just didn't work? Out, didn't happen? I don't know. I. I I don't know what the deal was. Um, <laughs> it just it never crossed our mind even to go together either. No. I mean, he had uh, Randy Bowden to go with and uh, Alex Sherwood to go with. Um, so, and then the Belcher twins. And so he, he, he had plenty of workout partners that he'd go with, but there wasn't a lot of seniors going with freshmen. Uh-huh. And, you know, we just kind of, the freshman are on one side, the varsity's on the other side. And I don't know if that was by design. I don't remember coach ever saying stuff like that, but it was just maybe just kind of how the cards fell. So. Yeah. So, you know, you get to your senior year and that's, that's when it all came together. You know, I mean, first state yeah, champion man, in Burlington yeah. history. Like, I mean, yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun, man. I'm, I'm, 39 here and it's still fun to think about that uh uh my probably my favorite thing about wrestling is being able to compete against someone that has beaten you in the past and have another crack at it mm-hmm. uh for example i know like because i had one overtime before the finals i had one other overtime match and it was against this kid Quincy tournament and he was from Bloomington, Illinois and he was a pretty tough kid. He was strong upper body and he beat me my junior year in the finals down there. And so 
I'm just, uh, one of the big tests was like, can I get this guy? Can I beat this guy? Can I close the gap? Um, and I ended up beating that kid and avenging that loss. And that kind of gave me some confidence, you know, okay, maybe I can do this. Uh, maybe, maybe I can win out. Uh, Cause I mean, I don't care who, whoever, who tells you about being undefeated. It's just, you know, one match at a time, you know, that's what you tell everybody, but come on, let's be real. You know, it, being undefeated is fun to think about. Mm-hmm. And so I was tested before that, before that, uh, that state tournament, but, uh, you know, I had 20 some pins, which isn't a lot compared to nowadays. I only have 40 matches. Mm-hmm. These kids, these kids wrestle so many matches these days and, um, set a couple records, at Burlington, but, uh, you know, won nine tournaments that year. Um, it was, it was fun, man. Uh, it would have been 10, but I think the Fort Madison tournament was canceled that year, but, uh, I figured it out, man. I figured it out and I always got away and always made sure to get the first takedown. Um, I don't, I think I, maybe I got taken down once all year, twice all year. I don't, it's probably that kid from Bloomington. I'm not really sure. But, uh, yeah, man, then that, then that overtime match in the finals, that's was kind of crazy. It, the rule is, is if you score first, then you get the, the choice, the flip, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You get the choice after the uh, the overtime and or after the 30-30 overtime. So uh, coach was – I got the flip, and then he's like, you better go down. And then so, you know, that's kind of set the, set the road there. But – uh, the fun thing is, is to notice that the very end of it, there were seven that keep Chris was working his butt off and he was riding me and I was super tired and uh, there were seven seconds left. And then I was able to get away in seven seconds, with one or two seconds left. And that was, that was, that's a, that's a great feeling to know that, Hey, you can get away for the title for the win. And so it's always good looking back at that. So, Yeah. When when did you when did uh, wrestling at the next level become a thought in your mind or even a reality? When when Coach Osendorf and Coach Miller from Cohen Warper were were calling me every week, and I, I really wasn't into it. Uh, but after I, I didn't really want to make a decision until after wrestling on whether deciding if I was gonna deciding which sport to play, and. Uh, so after I won state, then my mom really, because it, it's tough to tell coaches what they don't want to hear. Um, you know, I really liked Coach Osendorp so much. Uh, he's a big guy, and his Cedar Rapids wasn't that far away. And but I got sucked into the let. Hey man, we win, we win. I got sucked into that that mantra, and. He goes, you know what? You'll be you'll be JV for a year, then you'll be the guy. And so, not only did I mean that didn't pan out that way, obviously, mm-hmm. but there I had a there was a plan, and they won, and I knew they had lots of good lots of good uh, practice partners, and I never really was on a really dynamic team, and so that was really alluring to me. Um, so, and I remember my mom was you got to call coach. You got to call coach. There's no one telling like, Oh, like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. But my mom's like, no, you have to. And so that's one of those conversations that, that it was tough. And, uh, but you know, I see coach O quite a bit. Now my kid, he's in, he's in 
the X-Men Wrestling Club up here in Cedar Rapids. We practice at Co. And so I get to hang out with Coach O for a little bit. So like yeah. I said, small wrestling is such a small world. But uh, no, it was after wrestling season that I decided, okay, let's let's try this wrestling thing out. And uh, so start a new journey there up in Bremer County. Yeah, Bremer County, yeah. <laughs> um, so you go to Warburg and, you know, you actually cut from 215 to 197. Um, I'm I'm surprised by that. Normally, like you see a heavyweight or a two fifteen pounder in high school, and immediately you're like, okay, they're going to be a heavyweight in college. What made you decide to drop down to one ninety seven? I really didn't. I really wouldn't say it was dropping down. It was just I just lost weight, man. So I, I really wasn't. I wouldn't say cutting weight. It, it was mm-hmm. just I just lost it. You know, you work out more and. Uh, higher intensity, more frequency. Um, then you got the, you got the, of course, the cafeteria and stuff like that. But I also mm-hmm. worked in the cafeteria too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was, you no, know, no, it, but it actually, it actually gave me like a little camaraderie with the older kids that were like the Sturm brothers and Sonny Alvarez and uh, Leroy Gardner the third. Uh, all all Americans, uh, but they're like, hey, can, can you give a, get us a loaf of bread for the house? I'm like, I got you, I got you. What about <laughs> some of that cereal? Yeah, I'll get you a bag of cereal. No worry, I got you. So, uh, but no, I just was just losing weight, and, uh, and then once I got down there, uh, it, and then I was I was only within five eight pounds. I sweat like a crazy person, mm-hmm. so I, I I don't think I ever really had to cut weight. I don't remember having those feelings, uh, but it just, it just losing weight rather than cutting weight. So, gotcha. okay, and yeah, that's a good way. That's a good way to describe it. You didn't really cut weight; you just lost weight. Okay, yeah. yeah. And you were up at Warburg for three years. I didn't realize that you were up there for for so long before moving on to Upper Iowa. Um, what was it I like? Was actually, I'm Sorry, gonna, I, I, you're good. I, I was actually there for four years. Four years, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were yeah. there for four years. Um, and at one point, so you were the guy at Burlington, you know, you were the guy and then you go to Warburg and now you're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole again. And mm-hmm. I I like to ask, you know, how you, how people handle that, you know, that can be a big pride, you know, you have a lot of pride, you have some ego and now you're at a place where you're not the guy. Well, the thing about that is that the coaches had confidence. I mean, I, I wrestled in, you know, the duel, I wrestled in varsity duels. We all wrestle in varsity tournaments. Um, and so it's like I was beating the varsity guys from other places. I was beating all Americans from other places. For example, my first college match was against uh, Simpson College, home home duel, and I was wrestling returning all American Bart George from Simpson. And he te- I got tech fault one time in high school, and it was by him. It was at the Urbandale tournament and Norwalk. He cradled the heck out of me and tech ball only time ever in my life I've been tech ball and I he's my first match I'm like let's go I'm ready <laughs> and uh, I end up pinning him I pinned him and then then I'm just like man I belong I belong mm-hmm. in here I'm just like I just need to keep working and put my time in pay my dues and uh but uh, you know Akeem Carter came in my second year and I couldn't beat him I couldn't beat him I couldn't beat him. I wrestled Jan White, the returning national champ, and uh, and you know I lost three to one or 
three to two and I couldn't take him down. I, I struggled, you know, but then Akeem Carter, could, he beat him. He could beat him. And so I was behind him that sophomore year. And then I'm just like, you know what? I just don't, I don't think anybody or not a lot of people know that I just, I quit wrestling that third year there. I'm just like, you know, I was, I was a good student. Really? I was a good student. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not doing this wrestling thing anymore. I'm not going to do it. Cause I'm just like, because I can't beat a team. It seems like no matter how hard I worked, it was this wasn't going to work out. And then so first semester goes by and I go home for Christmas. And any wrestler knows you wrestle in college, you don't really have a Christmas break. And so I'm going home and I'm, I'm, I'm at home for like two or three weeks. I'm like, I'm looking around, doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I'm just like, something's missing. This isn't me. And so I went up to Jim Miller after a break. I'm like, hey, can I come and work out? And so I didn't compete at all that third year. Um, but I worked out the second semester and I kind of lit that fire. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna work my butt off and I'm going to be ready. My, my, at my fourth year there, I'm going to be ready. And Coach Malachek, who is now the head coach at Lacrosse, Spent a lot of time with me, you know, with more than workouts. Um, Dustin Cooper from Irvindale, uh, he, he did the, the, the AM uh, drills and bike work. No, no, no. It was airdyne workouts and treadmill workouts. Oh, man. And he just beat the heck out of us. We were falling off treadmills. And, and so I felt like I was in the best shape and the best condition of my life. And, uh, you know, I wrestled. Sean Stender or lose by a point or two and get second in a couple tournaments and win a couple tournaments. But, you know, when it came down time to figure out who's going to go to, to regionals or what was it called? Uh, it was conference back then, the Iowa mm-hmm. conference. When it came down to decide that, you know, they just, they just decided that it wasn't going to be me. And so I'm just like, well, I think I got to make a change. So, but uh, that's after that fourth year, then, <clears throat> then I, we reached out to, to Heath Graham and we got that ball rolling. So. Wow. Yeah. So I don't think, it, I don't think if I would have quit that junior year or yeah, that, that first half of that year, I don't think I would have been who I am today. Um, and I don't think it would ever happen my fourth year there, you know, not, you know, not getting the opportunity to wrestle off of that spot. I don't think, People always say, do you have regrets and things like that? I'm like, no, I don't, because I wouldn't be where I'm at, who I am today, without those uh, lessons or setbacks or um, tough situations, you know, that life puts you in sometimes. So, Yeah, and you want to talk about tough situation. I mean, what just comes to mind is you you step away from the sport that first semester. You go back, you work your butt off. And then it almost seems like wrestling sort of, because it doesn't owe you anything, you know, um, but you work your butt off and then you don't get your number called for, for the conference tournament. And it almost seems like, man, this wrestling thing just isn't in the cards for you, but you just never gave up. You kind of still kept pushing through and, and you decided to make a change up. What was that like when you didn't get your number called for, for conferences that year, when you felt like you were doing everything possible to put yourself in the position? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't point fingers. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm never going to say anything ill about anybody because, you know, TJ Miller, 
you know, he, he was a good buddy. You know, every now and again, he'll reach out. And he, when he was coaching at Loris, and I had some kids that, you know, looking at college. And so um, I knew when Millboy was like, hey, come talk to me. I knew what he was going to say. I had a feeling because I'm like, if we were going to have a wrestle off, it would have been done by now. Uh, and so I kind of had a feeling that it was that he was just going to say, this is what we're going to do. And so I was already kind of in that mindset uh, of how I was kind of scripting in my head what I was going to say to him. And, and so when I remember I was sitting down, he's like, we're going to go with TJ. And I'm like, and, and I knew it. I kind of, I knew it in the pit of my stomach, knew it in the pit of my stomach. And I'm like, well, I, I can't stay. And so I don't think what people realize is that he did help me transfer. He did help me find a home. Um, I think he reached out to Heath Graham, maybe a couple other people, but, and then Heath Graham came. It was nice. It was only 40 miles away. I knew nothing about Upper Iowa University. Zero, nothing, but I didn't care. I just, I just wanted to go somewhere where I can get better at wrestling, not have to deal with the stressors of being the guy, uh, warming up, not knowing if you're going to wrestle that dual meet or not, you know, you know, male boy would be like, Hey, warm up. I'm like, okay. And you wouldn't have no idea if you're going to wrestle or not because there'd be me or team wrestling up or warming up or me and Elena Jabesi or me and TJ, we'd be both warming up and we'd have no idea who's going. And so I, I just want to go somewhere where I can just mentally prepare, know I'm the guy and just get better at wrestling every day and not have that stress. And so Upriah really came through for me with that, where I could just get better every day. So but being still young at the sport, felt like I made that that my biggest jump ever was that year biggest jump ever I think skill wise and is when you went to upper Iowa yeah Grim uh Grim's mentality is you know drills and skills drills and skills drills and skills technique drills and skills I mean we, we ran we lifted we we, we wrestled but lots of we got a lot of our cardio with the drills and skills we did, and I felt like that approach really benefited me personally. Um, where I can still be that sponge like I was in high school because at Warburg it was like let's warm up and wrestle. Mm-hmm. It might show you what we might show you one or two things, and it's warm up and wrestle. Uh, at Upper Iowa, it's like practice for two hours long, maybe a little longer sometimes because we were learning and we were drilling and we were learning how to drill because some people could wrestle, but I didn't know how to drill. And so I think that's a big contributor to that another jump in uh, success and wrestling savviness was that jump from that Warper to Upper Iowa. Did you look at anywhere else? You know, you just said you didn't know anything about Upper Iowa. I'm surprised that, you know, maybe you didn't touch base with Ostendorf again. You know, to go. Uh, well, it was it was William Penn because I I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't have to pay money either. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I was I, I forget how much a year I was paying at Warper, but right. Um, I mean, if you ever went to private school, you understand. Uh, but uh, anyway, I I wanted somewhere where I could like I didn't want to worry about that. I just want to worry about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time it was Jarvis was down there at the. At William Penn, and um, it just—I never ever went down there for a visit. I just—I just felt like that I went and saw Coach Graham 
and I went up for the visit, just drove up there. It was a quick trip. And I'm just like, man, I, I didn't care how small the campus was. I didn't care what the town was like. I didn't care what the facilities was like. I'm like, I, I just want to come and get better at wrestling. And sure enough that, you know, it, it was also some problems about being eligible too, because even though I was a good student, uh, I was academic All-American at Wartburg. Even though I was a good student, I had to have so many transferable credits to even be eligible mm-hmm. for Division II. I don't know if it was Division II or institutional policies. I forget what it was, but uh, I was a double major at Wartburg, and so I claimed all the double major at Upper Iowa. They had something called create your own degree or create your own major. And um, I had enough classes to where I could like, create my own major, claim those as transferable, but then only finish out education. So mm. we claimed all those credit hours, but for two majors, but then I just dropped the major and just stuck with education. So there were some eligibility issues though, too. So I didn't care where it was, man. It could have been in a cornfield as long as I could wrestle and just worry about getting better. So, yeah. Dude, it, it all worked out, you know. I mean, you made the national tournament. You were the guy. That had to be just like, you know, when you were talking about earlier about warming up and not knowing if you're the guy. Man, just going into your last year, just, did you just feel like a relief was off your shoulders that you could just, like you said, finally just worry about one thing and one thing only, and that was wrestling? Yeah, I think that probably what is probably what contributed to my jump. The jump in uh, success was uh, – you know, I was, I was always going to be in shape, but I, I, I didn't have the stress, the stress of knowing of being the guy. And I know that's part of the sport, you know, you know, wrestling off and things like that. But like, but there was no one there that going to beat me. And so I knew, I knew I didn't have that stress of being the guy. I didn't have the academic stress because I was a good student. Um, you know, I didn't have weight problems and have to worry about that. It was just wrestling, you know, taking care of wrestling. Um, the one thing that was kind of unique about Upper Iowa at the time is that they had a kind of a smaller wrestling room, had pillars in it. It was old school, like a dungeon. Hmm. I personally liked it, but uh, I mean, we couldn't have the whole team in there. And so we split practices. And so the big guys would go at one time and the little guys would go at a, at another time. And so I didn't really get to know my teammates until we started competing. I mean, I didn't know some of these guys were any good until I started watching them wrestle. I mean, we had eight qualifiers my second year. And so, I mean, not only we had four All-Americans. Uh, yeah, four All-Americans. We had first, third, and two eights. And we had eight qualifiers. Three guys lose the All-American round. We beat UNO at regionals. So we, we also had a pretty good team. So, um, yeah, just I think that's what contributed to my jump, was just having all that stuff off to the side and just – wrestling in front of you had the blinders on so was that was that wrestling room in like the basement of the basketball gym or like not the basketball gym but yeah yeah. no no yeah it's it's literally almost it's not underneath the gym but it's in the basement of that building yeah okay okay i do remember then that what you're talking about with that wrestling room which Mm -hmm. yeah now looking at the facilities at upper iowa they're they're awesome but yeah i think eggers was on that team i think mumbolo was on that team that made they both made um nationals i think that year with you um mm-hmm. so yeah what a team um yeah. yeah 
Um, yeah, we had, yeah, who else? Uh, uh, Mumbalo, uh, Nate Nauman, who's from Florida. Yeah. Uh, Norton, I think one of the Norton brothers. Uh, Mitch qualified that year. Uh, John Gamble, he got third for us. And he was the JV guy because Burkle. Burkle was hurt. Um, but then uh, John stepped up and he beat Valco that year. He beat Becker. He beat like two or three future national champs. And so, um, and then we had a heavyweight that kind of snuck in there and got eight. Uh, Brady Hakeman got fifth. We could have had nine. Brady Hakeman kind of had a rough uh, regional tournament. But uh, mm. yeah, uh, uh, Montarius Adams from Alabama uh, was on our team. So yeah, it was. Dang. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was uh, some Minnesota, some Florida, some New York, some Iowa, some Chicago. It, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a kind of an oddly assembled team, but you know, we were pretty good though. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, the first, one of the first things you said was when you were standing on the podium as a, um, as a senior in high school, you were trying to stand a little taller um, because the guy next to you in second was tall. The guy you wrestled in the, uh, for your national title was 6'5". So he was really tall. Majerus from Shadron State. <laughs> I'm just – so how'd you handle him and his height, you know? I mean, really well, I watched the match, and you just beat the brakes off him. But, you I'm, know. I'm just going to be honest with you. I thought I was going to wrestle Derek Brunson. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to wrestle Derek Brunson – uh, from UNC Pembroke, uh, and because that was my only Division two loss, and it was a, like the last loss. It was that or Midland, I forget which one, but I had one Division two loss, and and it was him. I'm like, this is the guy that I'm probably going to wrestle. I'm like, this is no one else can beat me, but you know, this is who I'm going to wrestle. And then he ends up losing the first round. He ends up losing the first round. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, but uh, I'll never forget. And, and then he had, then he won, then he beat uh, Nate Vise from Augustana in the finals. And I, I won in overtime in the uh, regionals. So I was third seed at regionals and I beat the UNO kid, beat the, the UNO kid who previously beat me at, when I was at Warburg at the Iowa State Open. He got first, I, he beat me in the finals beat him in the semis and I wrestled Nate Byers in the finals and I was winning and I was I relaxed and his ankle picked me and I had to beat him in overtime but uh, he beat him he was a tough he was a tough wrestler too um but then I remember my like, god right, I got some I got some dude and all I I like to think is he's tall almost like that's just a lot of leg to grab that's just kind of my mentality a lot of leg to grab a lot of leg to grab and I just kept telling myself so much leg to grab <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't worried about on top. I knew he, I knew he wasn't going to turn me. He wasn't going to ride me. Uh, but the the when we were in the the parade of all Americans, and Derek Brunson, the guy that he beat earlier in that weekend, um, he's like, and I kind of don't. I don't think I, I hate saying it, but he's like, you're going to go. You're going like, you're going to win a national title. I'm just like, why do you say that? He goes, that guy is garbage. Or he goes, that guy is no good. But I'm like, he beat you. Yeah. I'm like, he beat you. And so it's like, I don't know if he was trying to play some mind tricks on me or something like that. But uh, that's what he said to me, Derek Bronson from UNC Pembroke. My only Division two loss. Who got beat by the guy that I wrestled in the finals said, you were going to win a national title tonight. So 
Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to wrestle him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you, I don't think you gave up an offensive point that whole tournament. You know, no. I mean, you you pretty much dominated your way to a title. Gave up some escapes, but I think it was that was it. Yeah, I think I, I think it was 40, 46 match points, something like that. Um, looking back at it now, I wish I would have scored more. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you know, looking back on it, there was probably three minutes of that finals match where I just kind of was like, okay, you're gonna you, you're gonna come at me now. Um, but uh, I I could have poured it on there, and, and that's probably one of the regrets I have that finals match. Maybe I could have tech balled them. You know, mm. and got that got that OW award. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, that that was that was a fun experience, and I don't know what it was, but I had, and I know I'm not some D1, you know, blue chip athlete. You know, I was just a kid that kept working hard and found himself in a position to win, but uh, I felt like I couldn't be beat that weekend, um, and I was telling my family, like, I gotta come win it. I'm winning. And so not only did I feel good, my, my, my mentality was good. And I just felt like things are going to fall into place. And so, and it did, man, I just feel very fortunate. Yeah. The one, um, so yeah, Swafford posted something recently about you on Facebook. And the other thing that stuck with me, um, uh, being around you at Upper Iowa was, um, you created, you said you invented, the discount double check, Aaron Rodgers, oh. you know, across the waist weight belt. And uh, yeah, because you did that celebration when you won, you know, it was like, I have the belt now. And so I that always stuck with me. I thought that was hilarious. You know, yeah, the uh, the, the the kind of joke of the team was, was like, you know, I'm gonna go get that title belt. Uh, before anybody was saying that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to go get that. I don't, we didn't call it a strap or anything, but we said, I'm going to go get that belt, get that championship belt. And then um, one of the Mumbolo, the 25-pounder who got eight that year, they actually made a championship belt for me made out of uh, cardboard boxes. I'm not going to tell you what kind of cardboard <laughs> boxes, but uh, they made some cardboard boxes, uh, championship belts for me. And, uh, and then I did that celebration at the end and yeah, man, it just, that was, I knew what I was going to do beforehand. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, you could say what you want, but yeah. I mean, we all have brains and your brains yeah. wander and you always think of the what ifs, what if you do this, then what are you going to do? And so I remember in the, in the match when it was like clock was ticking, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's he's number two when it comes. To that, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. When did you decide you were going to go into coaching? You know, was that something um, you talked to you about afterwards, or? You know what? I also feel blessed here in this situation because I, after I won, Grim came up to me and said, "Hey, CJ McNaught's going to go back to New York. You know, I'd love for you to be, you know." Be, a, be the assistant coach excuse me well I'm like well I have another semester of school left because I had to because I had to take all my education classes over again and that's plus summer school in order to graduate in December and so I'm like I would love to but I, I have school he goes well I think we can make something happen 
And so I ended up getting that full-time gig, not even, not even having my degree yet. So I, we had this really cool uh, down to earth, uh, AD and Gil cloud. I, I don't know what he's up to now, or if he's even, he's living, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I'm kind of out of touch with that, but uh, he, he, they let me be the assistant coach full-time, got a paycheck, had insurance. I was still a full-time student. And so a uh, very unique situation on that, on that, on that part. And uh, super blessed the number one be wanted uh, by Heath to be part of it. And then even on top of that, being allowed to get paid to coach wrestling. So and still be in school. And so he was very flexible with me. I had my student teaching. And then I would go to practice or, or morning practice, student teaching, go to AM or afternoon practice. And so, um, yeah, very fortunate and blessed to have that situation. So, yeah. Didn't have my degree yet. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, where'd yeah. you student, where'd you student teach at? Uh, I student taught at Old Wine. Oh, you did. Okay. So you went to Old Wine. All right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, eventually you became a pretty integral part of the success of the upper weights you know um Eggers won a national title i know he may have been a little bit smaller for you but um you know i'm thinking of like Broghammer, carl Broghammer, zach russell um mitchell schultz uh wade gobin like all these guys and obviously there's many before and, and after but those are the guys that come to mind just because they were around when i was there um man you brought them along and and really became an integral part in their success, you know, as a coach. Well, they made it kind of easy. Um, I didn't know much about recruiting. Uh, I didn't know much about that. And it really took me probably four or five years. I don't know. Before you kind of get the grasp on recruiting and uh, on not just searching for all kids, but you got to find a certain type of kid who's going to be successful in the program. And, you know, Mitchell Schultz came in and was just a seventh place. He got seventh place at the Nash, at the state tournament and was a three-time All-American for us. Uh, oh. Kyle Broghammer, three-time All-American. Those kids, they wanted to get better. And so we, we would watch film and go drill, film and drill, film and drill session. And they were on board with that. And the more I had my wrestling shoes on, the happier I was because I didn't, I didn't really want to be in the office <laughs> recruiting uh, or, you know, a lot of times I didn't know what that guy was going to be doing that day. I just wish I'd be more wrestling, watching film, things like that. But uh, the kids, even the guys that weren't as successful, um, I know Matt Norton was a qualifier, but he always came in and he got some extra work in and Russell would come in and get some extra work in uh, Goodson, Dan Goodson was there for a year. Uh, uh, Tony Galing, people forget about him, but uh, he he was he graduated. He graduated and then came back, got his master's, and was ended up being an All American when uh, down in Houston, uh, where all those shenanigans went down. I don't know if you know about that, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you have to have. Yeah, it was wild, but uh, yeah, the the kids wanted to get better. And so that made things kind of easier for me. They bought into it, you know, and so uh, I can't say it was me. It was them. They wanted to do it. So mm -hmm. um, it made it easy for me. 
Yeah. And all this time you were all, you also got a master's degree. So you're sitting there coaching. I remember, gosh, I, not until I'm sitting down with you here, I'm like, man, I, I remember quite a few things about you. Um, you had to write a hundred page paper for your master's degree. Oh, it seemed like it. It wasn't a okay. hundred. Okay. I thought it was. And I thought you were like, no. I just broke it down to four 25 page papers is what you did is what I thought, but maybe I'm wrong, I guess, but. Well, yeah, I probably, I probably said that, but, uh, cause, cause I was overwhelmed but uh, it ended up being like 50, yeah, that's my master's. Yeah. I do, I do a master's study and then I use the study table program at upper Iowa to, to collect my data. And, and it was just, I think it was, does an improved study table program increase the achievement of upper Iowa wrestlers? Um, and so that was kind of like my research question. And uh, it was a, uh, that was kind of a rude awakening experience because I've never done any sort of research before. And, um, but uh, yeah, that, that was, that was my avenue to get my master's degree was did a study on the wrestling study table program. So mm-hmm. mon- monitored the hours uh, assessment or the ACT assessment scores, stuff like that. And compared to two, two groups and, and I did some Pearson correlation coefficients and things that I don't remember how to do anymore. And uh but uh, yeah, I got my master's and got my special endorsement was up there because we got we went to school or we got uh, if you're a full time appointment, if you're a full time employee, then you got free school. Nice. So, yeah. So I just kept taking classes and taking classes. I didn't mind being a student. So really? Huh? Yeah. And then um, lastly, here you got inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, in 2018. To me, that says a lot about the impact you had just because you were only there for a year and I guess a semester, I guess. So what three semesters and into the hall of fame and that just has to speak volumes about, about you and the impact you had in such a short time there as an athlete. Yeah. I'm super humbled by, you know, uh, you have a lot of great people that are enshrined there at upper Iowa. I know people don't really think about upper Iowa as having those kind of caliber of, um, student athletes, but I mean, you look on the wall. I mean, you see ridiculous talent and ridiculous accolades of these of some of these students, and there's some that aren't even up there. Like uh, Trevor Franklin was a two-time national champ, and and part of the requirements yeah. is is graduating from Upper Iowa, and you know he's not even up there. And you know he was a, he was so much more of a better wrestler than I ever was. But uh, just talent-wise and athletic-wise and just just super savvy. And, but, you know, he didn't have the degree. And it's just kind of a – he's in the D2 Hall of Fame, though. So he's got that mm-hmm. going. Yeah, him. right. Which but, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just feel pretty blessed because, you know, I was – I thought I had a pretty nice high school career. And, you know, I'm not in any sort of Hall of Fame or I'm not in their Hall of Honor or, or whatever people want to call it at my high school. But then I am at college. And, and so I'm – pretty proud of that of that uh, even though I was only there for a year but I kind of feel like I did do, I did do a lot of work as a coach as well I know I'm in there as an athlete but um I felt like it was it was justified and and so I mean it's pretty exciting to be up there and see your picture up there or your plaque or um but uh it's pretty humbling proud to be a peacock for sure yeah what are you so what are you up to now you're you're at Jefferson you're helping out at Marion 
and just living in Cedar Rapids, just like you said, living yeah. the dream. Yeah, that's what they say, right? Uh, yeah, so coaching, teaching special ed at Jefferson. Um, I was head coach there for three years, but now I'm at Marion helping out there um, with Jason Hag. Um, one thing I like about that place, and I know it's in the Cedar Rapids, Marion area, but it's got the small town feel to it. That's one thing I really like about it. You know, I always liked going into those small town gyms, you know, packed to the brim, two mats. You're there till eight o'clock at night, you know, wrestling and, and, and or recruiting. And um, it kind of has that feel of a small town, even though it's not in a small town area. So that's one thing I really like about it. Um, and then helping out my kid, my kid's, He's seven. He's wrestling wow. for the X, X-Man Club. And uh, I help. I'm not the guy there, but I help coach. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to be the guy. But uh, I'm there. I put my shoes on. And I'll help all the other kids. And, uh, yeah, we do that a couple of times a week. And it's uh, that keeps us pretty busy. So my wife's working down at yeah. the University of Iowa. So Really? Yeah. At, at the hospital or is it just like at the no house? she's a academic advisor senior academic advisor down there dang cool so depending on what your major is she'll help yeah. you with your degree path so nice yeah. um the other thing i'm wondering real quick is uh so you have cauliflower you're now in both ears but when you graduated college you, you you only had it in the one you know so when did you start to develop you know in in the other year was it just was coaching coaching you start you're drilling twice a day then going to practice and then just the frequency of working out it wasn't it wasn't collision or anything like that it was just the the frequency of you know cutting the corner cutting the corner the other way cut the corner this way and so it just kind of uh it doesn't look the best because i used to use i used to use uh insulin needles to suck, oh, really? to suck it out i used to <laughs> drain it myself yeah i used to use that but th- those needles were so small that sometimes that fluid wouldn't go in there and i would just poke it poke it poke it and so it's like it kind of looks like a fetus like a little <laughs> fetus on both ears but uh yeah. no definitely something i'm not proud of but i can't hide it everyone knows if i, if I go south it's like are you a fighter I'm like no not a fighter not a fighter just an old crusty wrestler so uh yeah got it from from coaching just frequency yeah. and cut, cutting that corner man yeah <laughs> and is, is coaching are you just you just like helping out just like being just helping not not any interest being the guy again or well i had some i've looked i've looked um at some programs and um you know, I I thought about going back to college again at some point, but um, you know, I remember I left and I started teaching, and I, I instantly made like twenty percent more. And I did it down in Kansas for a couple of years, and I kind of yeah. proved to myself I did prove myself that I could do it. You know, won the regional coach of year award, and you know, went from one eleven to. 13 and three and place the national duels and top. I think we got 11th at the national tournament. And so um, 
kind of proved that I could do it, but then I'm just like, man, I, I love it, but I don't, I don't think I could do it forever for the love, you know, and you got to be able to make a paycheck and I wanted to buy a house, want to have, want to have a family. So, um, maybe at some point I'll, down the road, I'll look back into it, but no, Marion there, it just feels like I'm wanted. Um, and I can just be the guy that comes in and helps and I don't have to deal with any administration stuff, any mm-hmm. discipline stuff or parents. I just want to be the guy that comes in and be around the sport and help the kids out and, and then go home and not have to deal with that stuff. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, not that, not that I said I couldn't handle it, but I don't want to handle it. Right. Yeah. 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 Now you were down, was it Labette Community College? Is that what it's called? Down in Parsons? And yeah, you yeah. you turned that program around real yeah. quick. Well, they, yeah, they won wow. nationals, and then uh, Joe Renfro took the team to Northeastern Oklahoma A and M, and that's whatever. Um, but then, yeah, kind of had to restart the program. We had zero kids. One kid stayed. One kid stayed. He really didn't fit in with those kids. But uh, had one kid when I first got there, like in April, wow. April or March, and. So, but, uh, yeah, it was, that was, a a very eye-opening life experience down there. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the best of times, but I was doing what I love. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. But, um, yeah. And then I came back to Iowa for a couple of years and the Jefferson for a couple of years. And now, now here I am Cedar Rapids. So. Man, you started with one kid in that at that school and turned them into yeah. a 13 and 3 11th place yeah wow. part, part of the cool story that i have there is uh, uh we i don't think we were ranked at all and north idaho north idaho you know story program in juco world and uh, you know how usually like if, if if you're wrestling somebody and you're wrestling somebody tough you're usually one match short right in a winning right it's always like you're almost there but you don't but you just don't get it or like you're one touchdown away and you, you don't pull off the upset or you're one takedown away and you don't well it was fun to be a part of it because they were ranked number one in the country we weren't ranked and we beat up and so oh. it was it was fun to be a part of something like that um it's a good experience and a, a very positive memory down there just to say hey man man maybe i can coach this maybe i can do yeah. this and so it was very uh, rewarding experience because you usually you when things like that happen you're you're oh, you're right there right and you got to have mm-hmm. that conversation with your boys hey man guys are right there but keep making those jumps and try and coach them up that way but it was the opposite we were able to celebrate because we pulled it off so that was a pretty uh, remarkable memory down there so Dang. and they flew down it was, it was a long trip back yeah they had a long trip back yeah to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they came. They came to Kansas. Yeah. Well, they were coming down to wrestle NEO, Northeastern Oklahoma and AM. I think they got beat by them too, and they and they probably thought they'd come to Parsons, Kansas, and walk all over us. But uh, mm-hmm. we, took, we took care of business.
thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Ryan Phillips, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. And you can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget, check out my website, Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time. Doesn't matter anyway.